Welcome, everybody, to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterulo. I am joined here by my co-host, Comrade Freddie Mercury. Comrade, what's going on? I've got no time for losers uh, (laughs) because we are the champions. Right. Um, And what are we celebrating this week? Oh, you know, nothing major. Just just the defeat of one of the most vile humans in in. Uh, political history near Tandon as uh, Biden's secretary, a pick for uh, OMB secretary. Fucking destroyed her. And this is, you got to realize, like, they don't nominate people unless they're pretty fucking sure they're going to get confirmed ahead of time. (laughs) Right, right, right. They float these names out weeks ahead of time before they announce anybody. And, you know, I'm sure there was some GOP people that were like... Yeah, Joe Biden. I, I could see myself voting for near Tandon. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Knowing full well. Right. You know, and right. that's the thing, you know, it, it, Glenn Greenwald is tweeting about this today. It's like, you know, it's Joe Manchin knows what power he has and he wields it. And if you choose to wield the power that you actually have, which most politicians don't, like, oh, it's a Senate parliamentarian, my hands are tied, I don't have any, but like, that bullshit. Uh, Joe Manchin knows what power he has. So as much of a son of a bitch as he is, um, you know, he's still a, a, a real Democrat, unlike Bernie. So <laughs> the Democrats are just like, you know, they, they completely fuck themselves by continuing to cater to this guy because right. he knows he can do whatever he wants. And if he wants to be petty and pretend as though her mean tweets were, you know, meant fuck all, uh, he can do something about it. Right. So, I mean, you look, at the end of the day, everyone's like, oh, well, it wasn't even, a, you know, the, the, the left that got rid of her. It was the Republicans and the center. Like, who, yeah, like, I think you tweeted something. don't care. Like, who, no, who gives a fuck? Like, right, like, right. Are we, are we, are we, I mean, I'm sure there are some people, but are we mad that the Russians beat Hitler? <laughs> we're like, oh, man, I wish we were the ones that beat Hitler, you know? It's like, no, he's fucking, like, they beat him. Like, yeah. who cares? Like, if, if a fucking bus hitter. Right. And then, you know, her her body (laughs) fell down a manhole and then got flushed out to sea. And then, uh, you know, dolphins uh, ate what was left of her. I'd be like, great. We like karma teamed up on that one. (laughs) I don't like I, I don't need to have credit for her downfall. I'm just happy to see her falling down. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when we talked about her her nomination last week um, and how it looked like it was in trouble, uh, you know, mainly because of Manchin. And so the Biden team went on like an all out assault this week to get her like a full court press to get her fucking confirmed. 
And it's just hilarious to see like how little they did to get the $15 minimum wage included in the, in the, in the bill. Like, I mean, literally, you know, in the time since we've recorded, they, uh, <laughs> I'm convinced they made this position up, but the Senate parliamentarian ruled that, uh, it is non, uh, it, it's not eligible to be included in the reconciliation bill because it's not, um, pertinent to the bill, which is you know, total fucking horseshit. I mean, the Senate par- parliamentarian, has allowed uh, like tax cuts to go through reconciliation, like just a preposterous shit in the past. Yeah, and in, in, in two thousand one, people were talking about this. In two thousand one, the Senate parliamentarian um, didn't want to let the Bush tax cuts go into a bill that they wanted to, so they just fired him. They're just like, "You're fired." Right, because it's an unelected, <laughs> uh, just appointed right. fucking position. Uh, and then they rammed through the Bush tax cuts. So it, the, the idea that like Democrats can't do whatever the fuck they want right. the idea that and then yesterday um the hashtag kamala save us was trending Ugh. from from just like complete sycophant liberals that think that she's on their side and if they right. just you know kiss her ass enough that she'll suddenly have a soul if they clap hard enough she'll grow wings and right yeah right if you have enough high high hopes for a living then <laughs> maybe kamala will <laughs> you know Oh. She can get out of that that uh, stupor of marijuana fog from college listening to Tupac uh, long enough to give a damn. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, and, and of course it's preposterous um, because she, you know, and as people pointed out, the vice president has the power to unilaterally overrule the Senate parliamentarian, um, which, of course, the Biden team did everything they can to lie about and obfuscate and kind of, you know, give clever answers to. And we'll play a clip later that kind of, you know, has that built into it. But, um, you know, it's just they they never wanted to pass the $15 minimum wage. Like Biden was fucking dragged to that kicking and screaming. I mean, the same way that, you know, on the campaign trail, we we played that clip, uh, when he was before the election, where where some, a reporter asked him, like, "Do you support two thousand dollar checks?" and he just yes, as he was like walk gritted his teeth, said yes, as he was walking <laughs> right. away because Trump had already supported the two thousand dollar checks before him and actually publicly advocated for it, so he felt like he was you know boxed into a corner and had to say it, but he never wanted to do that. You know, we talked about the reporting at the time that he was the one who suggested to the Democrats that they push for a reduced stimulus under trump you know we were originally supposed to get 1200 and we ended up with 600 dollar fucking relief checks after you know six months of of no relief economically um and that was his fucking doing so you know he is a fucking conservative austerian piece of shit at heart that he he fundamentally believes in austerity and he hates doing anything that helps people so when he has a great fucking you know easy out like joe manchin to say oh no i just can't do it i gotta my constituents love when i when i give them less money to fucking survive like i I, you know i don't understand his fucking reasoning but um you know like it's just it's great for biden because that's what he fucking that's what he lives for is is somebody to give him an excuse to do the wrong thing which is what he always wants to do is the shitty right wing wrong thing you know the the people you know point to Kamal Harris tweeting out support for $15 an hour and they think that that is in good faith and of course this is just it's just another wedge issue it's like oh we figured out here's the thing our base wants that right. we will run on and then never make happen because if we've made it happen how would we keep running on it year after year 
Right. You know. Medicare for <laughs> and, all. Kamala Harris, one of the original co-sponsors of Bernie's bill. And, and eventually when they pass it, it'll be in the year 2038 when, you know, the $15 an hour will buy you a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> right. And... Good luck getting that. I'm still my, my CVS pharmacy is filled to the brim with Kleenex and sanitizer and paper towel and toilet paper. No shortages, right? But they're still charging like the prices they were back in April when you couldn't get toilet paper for three oh, weeks sure, at a time. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so like uh, uh, two rolls of paper towel at CVS, five fifty out the door. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. <laughs> So. But that, and that's and that and I talked. I think you know when we were talking about like oh the you know the income limits for stimulus checks, which is another thing we'll talk about. But um, how you know all the hidden costs, even for people that are still working that didn't lose their jobs because of the pandemic, everything fucking costs more. Like literally everything costs more. I mean, on top of just the added expenses of buying PPE, which we never had to do before. You know, like I for work have to buy good quality fucking masks because you know the idiots that come in there and some of the idiots that work there don't do the right thing uh when it comes to you know protecting themselves and others therefore i need to extra protect myself with like n95 level protection i've spent fucking hundreds of dollars probably you know i haven't even thought about it and added it up but on like good quality n95 or KN95. But you can mess. write that off on when you do your taxes, though, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. It, p- the funny thing about writing off, like when I was a kid, I used to think, like, oh, you could write off everything. Like, because you would just hear that phrase and be like, oh, sure, you could write off shit if you're doing it for work. It is so hard to write shit off. Like, you need to literally own a small business to write things off. Right. Uh, you know, for as as like a work your, expense. Your own your own safety uh, is not a business expense. No, uh, while, no. While you're at work, unless you own the business. Sure. And then... But see, then if you own the business, then you don't have to worry about other people's safety. You can just make them pay for it. Right. Right. Exactly. So like when I, you know, American that, dream. like Thursday when I was driving home from work and I hit a massive pothole that was around the blind corner and I had to spend $700 to get a new fucking rim installed on my car that I only have so I could drive to the shithole that I work at. Um, yeah, of course, work's not going to cover that. That's all on me. And that's what I, you know, I lose over a week's... Oh, sorry. Whoa. <laughs> so I have my phone, in, phone connected to the board yeah. so I can play audio. That's what That was a very uh, jubilant ringtone you got there. Yeah, that was that probably my work <laughs> calling because they heard me talking about them. No. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, shit like that's never covered. And that's, like, the vast majority of working people's expenses are all shit that they have to do just to live in society. Like, most of the shit you spend money on is to just get by. And all of that shit costs more money during a fucking pandemic. And no fuck, you know, that again, by these people who make these leg- who make this legislation don't live in the real world, don't talk to real people outside of when they're, you know, ordering the help around. They don't understand these things because the fucking life for them is is hasn't fundamentally changed much. Like they have to wear masks in their you know, after when they leave their, you know, fucking McMansions now. But other than that, they pretty much have, uh, you know, a, a similar standard of living that they did pre-pandemic. So, you know, we saw today the fucking the White House agreed to further target, quote unquote, which means fucking limit the uh, qualifications for who gets a stimulus check. So now they're you know, phasing it out starting at seventy five thousand, and it co- it leaves completely. It, it phases out completely at eighty thousand. So, if you made eighty thousand dollars a year last year, um, or I'm sorry, in twenty nineteen, um, you know, before the COVID pandemic, 
you don't get a stimulus check. doesn't matter if you lost your business. doesn't matter if you lost your job. doesn't matter if, you know, you fucking had to pay for a loved one's funeral who died of COVID, you know, and wiped out your life savings. You don't get a, you don't get this, this fucking $1,400, you know, slash fake $2,000 stimulus check. Um, and again, they, they frame this as like a, 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 a um, like capitulating to the centrist Democrat. Who is who? Who is the constituency that is asking for this? Literally, who is the fucking constituency? And and I know the answer is like you know the people that put them in power. And you know, it, 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 but it's just even those people. I I just can't imagine who is driving this outside of just this is what we do. This is what this is what you know you do in the, in a government. You make sure that the fewest amount of people get help. You make sure you target it so much that the people that actually need the help don't fucking get it. Um, which is the number one, you know, and I, we've talked, I've said this well, a million why, times. Why wouldn't I get it? All the government has to do is pull up my social security number and see how much money I made for the year and know that I'm eligible, right? Right. Except if you don't file taxes or if you have an interesting tax situation. But can't they just look up my social security number? I, you would think they could. Um, they I mean, certainly... they, they can look up my, all of my text and emails and phone records <laughs> right, and right. bury that away in a... <laughs> you know, data center out in the middle of the desert in, in New Mexico, I don't know why they wouldn't be able to pull up my financial records. Right. Seems right. like a pretty easy thing to do when you've got the Department of Treasury and the uh, Department of Social Security uh, working in tandem with each other to make sure that I, you know, because when you file your taxes, they can tell if you cheated. Right. right. So right. they must have that on file somewhere already, you right. would think. You would think. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fucking preposterous, but... You know, this is just this is who the Democratic Party is. I mean, this is who the every politician in Washington is. They they want to make sure that as few people fucking experience a comfortable life as possible. And so, you know, they they just want us back to work, back to fucking school. Like, you know, just, just no no vaccines. The the vaccine rollout has been a complete disaster. You know, fucking Texas is literally reopening everything. Hundred percent. You know restrictions lifted no mask mandate um you know they've only vaccinated 12 percent of the population um it's so fucking idiot just to talk about that for a second it's so fucking idiotic the way they're handling this it's like we're almost actually at a place where we might fucking beat the pandemic by like fall like it maybe by summer if we really fucking ramp up production and like really um it, but and we're just we're just fucking like fucking it up like we're literally like fumbling the ball at the one yard line on purpose for no reason other than that like they want to be the ones the first ones to fucking virtue signal to the idiots that elected them greg abbott you know wants to fucking be like oh look i'm the first governor that opened up by the way greg abbott uh i, I watched a press conference where he was talking about this I think people in Texas exclusively vote for people that uh, have been hit in the face with a shovel because nobody that they elect as governor of Texas can string a fu- fucking sentence together. Like, it's it's unbelievable. Like, uh, Greg Abbott, fucking Rick Perry, George W. Bush. Like, it, it, I just don't understand how you could be this stupid and get elected to office, regardless of your political views or, you know, whatever. Like, it it, it is baffling to me, but... It's scary when you know somebody's smarter than you. So when I know that someone's dumber than me, I can trust them, knowing right. that if they were doing, if they're trying to pull one over on me, I'd be able to tell. I'd be able to right. tell. Right. Um, yeah. So Texas and Alabama are, are going to be uh, completely Mississippi, reopening. Think, yeah. Mississippi, same fucking state. They're just ones flipped over. 
Uh, right. And it's, you know, like I had hopes that, you know, when I saw the 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 uh, title announcement for Spider-Man 3, that uh, it's just crazy that's a thing now. It's like not even a teaser trailer. It's just the title reveal. <laughs> right. It's like, well, we already knew it was called Spider-Man 3, so you're not really, what, what's revealed? Oh, like... It's going to be called No Way Home. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, who cared? Well, it's right. another way we can ring it, you know, get people to fucking talk about it. Next, we're going to get a teaser um, announcement for the title reveal. That, that'll oh be the Seriously. Just... Right. And then all the people that are like, what? Tom Holland? Why Why does he have a British accent? Like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> fucking morons. But yeah, and then it says, like, you know, uh, December, only in theaters. And I'm just like, <laughs> you wish. Remember, remember when fucking billionaire Christopher Nolan said that? Right. Aren't we the optimists, wrong. right? Like, we're, there's no fucking way it's going to be only in theaters. It's not happening. Right. I'm sorry. Right. Like, you know, I, I, we, I talked about this last week. The city of Chicago is, uh, took them a full quarter of a year to vaccinate 4% of the population. That's... 75 months to get to 100%. That is another six and a half years, right? And right. you think that, like, if you're going to start getting rid of masks when you're only at, like, 40% or 50% vaccination? No, because the other half that's not vaccinated is, like, those right. numbers are still going to keep skyrocketing. Like, you know? we're going to need to wear masks. And, like, we, we're, like, I think, like, once most of the country is vaccinated, we'll be able to return, return to some semblance of normal life. But we're, we really should be wearing masks for the next couple of years until we, like, fully in public. I mean, not, you know, you know, not fucking crazy, but, like, you can still go. I think we can get to a point where you could, you'll be able to go to, like, a restaurant and go to a movie theater and shit. Like why and wearing masks in like common areas and like taking them off when you get to like your. I like how you phrase that. You can go to a movie theater and shit. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if you want to, yeah. Like, right now, if you, you want to take a dump, there. the time to do it is during a, a really boring scene <laughs> in a Star Wars spinoff. Right. This is okay. So this is just how crazy that like their perception Somehow Palpatine of how... has returned again. No. <laughs> right. Ugh. Um, speaking of toilets, uh, <laughs> this is this is just the, like the the disconnect between where people that are like doing fine are versus people that are you know have no access to <clears throat> any help from the government or any help from you know CDC or potentially getting. So this, this is a headline uh, from uh, last week, right? At the end, just a few days ago, actually. Uh, t- this is from wxyz.com. Southeast Michigan, uh, 23 employees at Detroit area Whole Foods test positive for the coronavirus. Oh, now, that's not that many. <laughs> yeah, this is 23 employees in one, in one store. store. And it's not at the Detroit area Whole Foods. This is the midtown Detroit Whole Foods. This is right. like the dead center of the fucking city in probably the most rapidly gentrifying part of the city. Um, so the fact that they call it Detroit area is just bizarre to me because that's not. Right. No. Anyway. Um, 23 employees in the same store out of like a, a, not even 200 employees, right? So that's like that's not like a coincidence. They gave it to each other at work, right? Like one person had it at work and spread it to everyone else, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so th- this statement here is just mind blowing. Um, this is a quote from the uh, chief public health officer Denise Fair. Now I don't know if this is the chief public health officer for Whole Foods or for the government or what. They didn't stipulate. 
And uh, anyway, she says, we have received uh, a commitment from Whole Foods that no workers or close contacts of any employee who has tested positive will be allowed back to work until they have produced a negative test result. So, mm-hmm. right, you got to get better first, and you probably have a time limit to produce that negative test result or get terminated. I'm here's, sure. Here's the, here, this is the most infuriating part. This is a reminder to all grocery stores of the availability of vaccinations and the importance of getting their employees vaccinated to make sure this does not happen again. Uh, <laughs> reminding them of the availability of vaccinations. So I was curious, uh, did, Wayne County is... is Detroit takes up most of Wayne County, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the counties that <clears throat> usually have that public health information. I was curious, what is actually, actually is the availability of the vaccine in Wayne County? So I looked it up, and as of uh, February 23rd, uh, Wayne County is um, presently vaccinating individuals in Phase 1A and a select subgroup of Phase 1B of the COVID-19 vaccine distribution plan. These groups include frontline healthcare workers, first responders and law enforcement officers, as well as teachers. Wayne County seniors are also eligible to receive vaccines. Seniors should coordinate with their hospital group or medic. Uh, anyway, so nowhere in there is grocery store clerks. Or any, yeah, so, any essential frontline. Work. So where, the, where the fuck is a grocery bagger supposed to get vaccinated when they're not eligible for it? Well, look, I mean, all, obviously all grocery employees moonlight as cops on the weekend. So, you know, of course they're eligible because they're first responders. <laughs> you know, it's preposterous. I mean, this is the shit that, you know, again, and like they produce all these PSAs. Oh, go get vaccinated. We, you know, blah, blah, blah. No one could get a fucking vaccine. Like people aren't eligible because but, you fucked uh, yeah. up the rollout. And the people that are eligible can't get fucking vaccines. Like my, uh, so, yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I posted these, the, these three screenshots of the headline this quote and then this information they've only administered 40,000 doses of the vaccine in all of Wayne County which is oh. the like all of city of Detroit plus Ann Arbor and like a few other suburbs that's only what like 10 like like a couple million people like several million people we've got 40,000 doses out there right right uh, and they they said that they've the total doses received was 74,000 only 40,000 women were administered so what happened to those other 24,000 doses that have a short shelf life that they can sit around before they go bad right right who fucking knows they went bad because they couldn't because of the stupid restrictions on who can get that like you know this is such a fucked up botched thing and again and i try to stress this to everybody who complains about it to me you know like family members people at work i'm like this is this is your fucking brain on capitalism this is what happens right now there are three vaccines that have been approved for use in the u.s the pfizer the moderna and the johnson johnson which just got approved the johnson and johnson vaccine has like 66 percent effectiveness against severe or moderate covid and like 80 percent against severe whatever it is the pfizer and the moderna vaccine have 95 percent effectiveness any fucking sane society that actually wanted to get the whole population protected and you know vaccinated would then say okay you guys have both developed this we're going to give us the formulas and we're going to give that to every other, you know, lab and facility capable of manufacturing those. And we're going to make the most effective COVID vaccine and we're going to mass produce it and use the fucking federal government, FEMA, you know, the national or whatever to distribute it to as many people as quickly as possible so that we could fucking crush this pandemic um, from the start. But what happens right. is it's but a instead, fucking, but instead, yeah. You know, we've got we've got uh, you know we've got uh, John Lennon's Imagine, and we've got Paul McCartney's Hey Jude. You know, and it's like, hey, should we print more of those singles that everyone wants? Like, no, 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 no. Ringo's got 
got one. Ringo's got we've got Octopus's, Octopus's Garden, Garden, and Actually, we're obligated to give him a chance to put that out as a single. Okay, <laughs> listen, I know you don't want to hear it. I don't either, but it's a contract. We're contractually obligated to put out one single by Ringo every two years. Right, and Octopus's Garden—it's pretty good, but it's not. Hey Jude, and it's not. You know, it, it's not it's Revolution. Like, it's not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe the worst Beatles song. Are you kidding? And I'm sure the worst Beatles song is better oh, no, than no, no. you know <laughs> the, the the best Nickelback song. But there, still, there's come on. There, there's like ten worse songs on the White Album. Or yeah, like on the like I, I can think of a lot worse songs. Fucking. I'd rather I'd rather take a, a COVID vaccine with a 66 percent chance of working than have to listen to a song <laughs> sung by Ringo Starr. Um, just, oh man! All right, well. Ringo Ringo hot takes aside uh, but like for real I, I it's just it's baffling to me that we're fucking like because because these vaccines aren't thought of as life-saving measures to help fucking curb this pandemic that you let rage out of control they're thought of as IP as intellectual property so you can't have the formula to to Pfizer's vaccine it's secret it's 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 a proprietary fucking form it's insanity it's fucking insane and that's why I, when when that news story broke like about how uh, I, I, I it was like China or somebody was like hacking into Pfizer to try to get, I was like, why are they hacking it? Like it, it, I, it, I thought about it for a second. I realized why, but I was like, why does anyone have to hack in to get the fucking formula? Why aren't we sharing it with the fucking world so that everybody could produce this thing and get it to as many people as possible? Because it's not, it's all about the fucking profitability of those companies. It's not about actually vaccinating the population. If it were, things would look a lot different. So, you know, Again, if you have a problem, capitalism may be the fucking root cause of it. And just people don't think about shit like that. But it just, it's really fucking yeah, frustrating. Yeah, I mean, they do. They just, you know, no they, one has the ability to do anything about it. Because, like, what are we going to fucking... No, we know, think about it. Area but 51 average... storm the gates of Pfizer and no, no, liberate the fucking formula. I, I, like, I generally don't think, like, average Joe and Jane, like, you know, Americans think about shit. Like, we think about shit like that because we, I think we view everything with that lens, and rightfully so. But I think most people are like, man, it's really, it really sucks that we can't get the Pfizer vaccine or the, or the Moderna one. Like, why... Well, it sucks we can't get the vaccine nobody thinks about why you can't get the vaccine or like they don't they don't think of the right solutions you know like it, it, they don't they, right. it, like it's just it, the connection doesn't get made often well there's uh, a lot of people you know i mean we right. got eight, eight billion people you know it takes time to make all that vaccine i mean somehow we can grow food to feed eight billion people on a daily basis or right. <laughs> at least most of them <laughs> um but yeah it, it's <laughs> we can we can know. grow we can grow plenty of food that we fucking throw away we just we just won't give that to the people that don't have any food to eat but it's, again, you know it, it's not, we don't we already have the vaccine so right, the problem right. isn't like oh we got to figure out you know we got to we got to cure cancer <laughs> the, hard part, cure the hard part's fucking done like right you just have to make it Right, you know, and I'm pretty sure if we can uh, make thousands of jet fighters that, uh, oh, actually those don't work. <laughs> what did we spend on that two <laughs> yeah, trillion dollars? Right. Bad uh, example. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, it's it's just it's fucking disgusting. But this is just the fucking the country and the system that we live in. It fucking sucks. But um, I, I do briefly before we move on to other things, I want to talk about quickly the. Uh, just kind of the 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 horse horse trading that went on around the the Nira nomination because, um, you know when Mansion came out and said he wouldn't vote for her and and Kristen Cinema, uh, who's another you know shitty centrist Democrat, um, aren't they all? <laughs> but, but more a, a more you know more shitty and more centrist Democrat than most. Um, w- uh, also wouldn't commit to voting for her. 
So they went out and tried to get votes. Like they tried to whip like Republican votes. Um, and like Romney and all those people said they wouldn't do it. Uh, Lisa Murkowski actually met with Nira uh, the other day. And I think right following that meeting, they came out and withdrew her nomination. So I'm assuming she coun't get what they, they Murkowski couldn't get what they, what she wanted out of them or, you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't, the, the negotiations didn't work. But I mean, we really were looking at a situation where at, at one point it seemed like the white house was willing to ease Arctic drilling restrictions to, please Murkowski so that she would vote for near Tandon. So we would have been in a situation where Bernie Sanders had to vote to confirm one of the most vile, disgusting pieces of shit who smeared him and his supporters hundreds of thousands of times uh, over the course of the 2016 and 2020 elections in exchange. <laughs> he would have to vote for her to confirm her also after a further concession was made to fucking open more uh, drilling in the Arctic like that. That was literally what we were facing. So I was real, I was actually curious to see what Bernie would have done in that situation. But it, it, luckily it seems like they just couldn't come to terms with Murkowski and they decide to pull the nomination. Well, clearly after this Washington post reporter showed here, what of near as mean tweets that she wasn't previously aware of. That was, <laughs> that was the kicker right there. Um, oh, th- this was, this is the, the part that I was, this was mind blowing to me when this happened. <laughs> right. Um, so a reporter named, uh, Seung Min Kim, uh, Washington Post, uh, you know that that radical left wing right. publication, the Washington Post, um, asked Rakowski if she had uh, seen this particular tweet that Nir Tana had tweeted out years ago, uh, and the internet lost its mind. Um, Donut Twitter, shitlib Twitter, uh, Aaron Sorkin Twitter just was like, blah, 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 blah. what? What? No, right. what? She can't do that. She can't do that. She can't do that. Like what? A reporter can't ask a U.S. senator to comment on a public statement made by somebody who is trying to get a job that that senator has a say in right. about her. The, the statement about was about her. Lisa Murkowski, right? And I want to read through some of the you know, like I, I should have started writing these down like the day it happened, but I was just I was like losing my mind at how much people either a were trying to pretend as though there was something unethical about asking, uh, you know, showing about reporting a senator the thing that she was asking her to comment on because right. she hadn't seen it, <clears throat> and or just just like the the hive mind or like the, all the bots putting out the exact same talking points saying, well, why didn't she show her any of her nice tweets about her? Like, well, because that's not that's, why, her, like, that's not the issue. Right. The issue isn't the nice tweets. This isn't this isn't a fucking. A beauty pageant. This is if <laughs> we're talking about a somebody who's applying for a job. Like if you say uh, four nice things about the person who's interviewing you, and then you call them a piece of shit, uh, right. the nice things you said kind of don't matter anymore, right? So uh, this was just uh, okay. I'm gonna go- jump through a couple yeah, of yeah, these. Yeah, um, the the fact that uh, Seung Min Kim did oppo research. Opposition research. The fact that she did oppo research on Nira Tannen for Murkowski, oh, showing off. her a tweet so she could later write about a reaction on WAPO, in my opinion, reflects poor journalistic ethics. Oppo, oppo research. research. <laughs> oppo re- the oppo research of Googling Nira Tannen and Murkowski's names together <laughs> and seeing what pops up on the search. Like, I, I, do they not know there's a search function on fucking Twitter? Turn, turns out we have we have very lucrative careers awaiting us because we're very good at oppo research in that we, we <laughs> Google tweets constantly. So I, I guess we're... Yeah. So right. another one here. Um, 
Sheldon Murkowski, a tweet of which she was previously unaware, was an effort to manufacture a story. Like, you know how, like, the, when we go to see a movie in the theater, how it's fake, right? And it's manipulating our emotions, right? They tried to manufacture a story. Like, all stories are manufactured. That's why they're a story. Superman it's, didn't even save those kids. That, that was made up. I can't fucking right? believe they tried to trick me into believing. He's, he continues, that's not how journalism is supposed to work. Like, where does journalism come from then? If not people writing words down and then printing them. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything other than professional ethics. Like, uh, yeah, you're right. Nira Tana's professional ethics, of which she has none. <laughs> so, and of which she will be in charge of if she's the head of the OMB. She'll be in charge right. of ethics waivers. For oh, somebody had a, somebody showed a, a post, an old tweeted nearest today, uh, responding <clears throat> to somebody you know, saying, like, are you sure you should be saying, saying all this mean shit? And she's like, laugh my ass off. Twitter isn't an interview. <laughs> <laughs> isn't a job interview. She actually Isn't said. a job interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so which we all so tweeted another, at her. Are you sure about that? <laughs> another one here. Uh, Seung Min Kim showed Tannen's tweets to Murkowski in order to get a reaction from her. Is that reporting the news or trying to make it? Yes, yes, that but is actually that, reporting. That is the same thing. You're showing that... The, <laughs> I'm a supporter of a free press, but there are times like, they overlap and need to be called for. Uh, yeah. So it, this, it, it, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna say it's unbelievable the lack of like just comments, like to, the lack of just like say your question back to yourself before you tweet it next time. Like, hey, well, this reporter asked this this politician a question and then wrote down her answer. Is that journalism? Uh, yeah, bro. Pretty sure it is. Like, I'm pretty sure that's half of journalism is asking people in positions of power what their opinions are on subjects and then reporting on those opinions. That's it, it, like literally they they're so used to the White House press corps simply just being stenographers and just publishing whatever the statement the right. White House wanted to put out ahead of time. The idea that you would then say, oh, "Hey, what about this?" Oh, well, I hadn't thought about that before. Uh, well, I guess I think this about it. Like, that's manufacturing the news. They hadn't even thought about it before. <laughs> like, you, you just, you're just you an insane child who doesn't know right. what, fucking, what the job of a reporter is. Um, oh so God. next one here from yeah. an account called No Justice, No Peace. Healing begins with justice. Hashtag remove Ted Cruz. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag resist. That, that's their Twitter handle. All of that. <laughs> uh, this woman says, It was seriously sixth grader stuff showing a tweet to Murkowski. This whole tweet business with Nira Tandon is misogynist and racist. Oh, sure. Right, because the, the idea right, that... the Asian woman who asked the other Asian woman... A, a, or asked a question about the other Asian woman is, right. uh, is, is racist and misogynist. But yes. this, I love this one from a guy named Jeremy Thomas. He uses his real name, which is like the most boring generic name. Number one, like, okay, buckle up. <laughs> number one, number one, Nira's tweets were years old, all caps, years old. Not the, not in the least latest news. They were like two years old. <laughs> like... uh, no, it's, uh, sorry, but uh, the, the the homophobic things that, uh, uh, what's her name, Joy, Joy Reid said uh, back in the 90s don't count because that was in the 90s. Right. Everyone was... Was, was homophobic, right? Don't you remember how we were homophobic back in the 90s, everybody? Yeah. Which was uh, a precocious young 37-year-old, you know, back then, right. so she can't be held accountable. Number two, <laughs> they were not a neutral representative selection of her tweets mentioning Murkowski. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the point. They weren't neutral tweets. They were Every horribly time. toxic <laughs> Every time you ask a question, you need to also have a neutral representation of, of other elements of that subject when you're asking the person that question. Like, 
These people are just clowns. They're okay, yeah. Keep going. I'm sure there's more from this this guy. Number three, Seung Min Kim emitted positive near tweets about Murkowski. How do you know that she emitted positive tweets? Like, you just saw a still photo of her showing her her phone. You don't know what was on it. Right. You don't know what they talked about. You don't know if they talked for 30 seconds or five minutes. You have no idea she, what she showed her. She literally she could, have, could have Googled near attend and Lisa Murkowski and showed her every result that came up, which would have included those positive right. tweets and that But they just assume. One. They just right. assume that, like, whatever is being shown. And, and, and again... If you're saying there's nothing wrong with your attendance tweets, then what are you afraid of people seeing them for? How is that? Like, right. it, it, this is just exactly the same thing. It's like, you know, the problem wasn't the, the Podesta emails that show the DNC was rigging their own primary. The problem was that those were revealed to the public right. by hackers and by WikiLeaks and by Julian Assange. They never want to talk about why that was damaging to the party. Right. They never want to re- talk about what was in there because, you know, so they, they have to obfuscate and say, you know, they, the act of showing the truth was so damaging. Uh, but also the, the things they revealed aren't damaging at all. Right, That's right. the schism in their brains. Right, those emails that literally showed, like, fucking money laundering that the DNC was doing for Hillary's, the Hillary Victory Fund, the fucking election, right. you know, fund that she had during the primaries, so, but yeah. These are all from just, like, jerk-off nobodies, right? But it, it's still, it, it, it trickles down from up high, <clears throat> right? It trickles down from up high. Um, this is one from someone named Joyce Aline, who is a professor of uh, and legal analyst who has appeared on MSNBC. NBC News has a podcast called Hashtag Sisters in Law. Get it? She's, she's a legal scholar. Oh, right. oh, oh clever. Um, <laughs> she was a uh, Obama U.S. attorney, mm. uh, 25 year uh, years experience as a federal prosecutor, wife and mom of four. <laughs> so, yeah, she even though she actually has accolades, she's still just like, you know, Christian mom, <laughs> right? Uh, and she says, Nir Tannen is being forced to pay the price for all the women of color who stood up, <laughs> spoke truth to power, and beat Trump. I have no oh. doubt she'll land on her feet and do great things, but it's wrong, and we should speak up and stand with her. Uh, which is ironic because the you know who you know who the, what person that literally everybody that Pelosi. Uh, the GOP, Jim Clyburn, Lindsey Graham, and uh, the Black Caucus and the Democratic Progressive Caucus all want to have be in that job now, this director for OMB, is a black woman named Shalonda Young, who is currently the deputy director. Right. So literally everyone can agree that they have no problem with a woman of color running that department. It, and they want to pretend that's what it was about. Right. 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 That's, you know, that's been the playbook since 2015. I mean, that's, you know, the Democratic Party playbook is just <laughs> ward off any fucking, you know, actual pressure from the left by claiming that they're all racist and sexist. That's just yeah. fucking, it's so tired, but it still works because people are fucking baby brained and the press will just mindlessly go with whatever fucking narrative. Um, I, I want to yeah. play that clip from Jem Psaki because I think we've mentioned most of the things she talks about in it. We should play that just to kind of illustrate the uh, the, the the official White House position on Nira and and, and this whole debacle. Before you play that, yeah. I had one last quote here, oh, yeah, and this is this is my favorite one that kind of like puts it in <clears throat> perspective. Um, and this is from Jake Tapper, and this is sort of referencing all the people that were like, you know, like the first tweet where people saying that you know, oh the, the this woman did like opposition opposition research on Nira Tannen from years ago, and Jake Tapper uh, just just 
he wasn't replying to any one person. He just, he just says this out of nowhere. But in in regard to all these people that acted as though this was some, you know, dark, seedy operation, you know. Uh, yes, it's just ever so difficult to quote track down a four year old tweet. You have to sojourn. You have to sojourn into the darkest caverns of the Library of Congress, Library of Congress, and study ancient microfish. That's pretty good. I was like, all right, Jake Tapper, that was, that was good. <laughs> yeah, you're a piece of shit most of the time. But he, the one good quality about Jake Tapper is he's not a cheerleader for the Democratic Party, so he will. He, he, he does have that thing where he tries to just be radically centrist at all times and always, like, you know, take the contrarian point of view. But he will occasionally call out, like, obviously partisan liberal bullshit like that. Um, so I do appreciate that from him, even though he's a fucking well, Zionist you know, piece of shit. But yeah. Just, just as a professional courtesy, you know, if you're a reporter and you see other reporters being attacked for right. doing things that are just like basic good faith, <laughs> like this is what we do, right? Uh, you know, like they're going to rally behind right, each other, right. and, and and I was I expected Washington Post to like throw on a bus because they're fucking scumbags, and they actually <laughs> had a really they put out a really good statement and were like, uh, "What the fuck is wrong with you people?" Right. Um, I want to read it just real quick here, and we'll oh, jump yeah. to that clip you've got. Uh, so, uh, Washington Post statement. On Wednesday morning, an old tweet sent by Neer Tannen became an issue in her effort to be confirmed as the head of the Office of Management and Budget. That afternoon, White House reporter uh, Sung Min Kim bumped into Murkowski in the Capitol. She asked the Senator General questions about outreach from the White House regarding Tannen's nomination and asked about Tannen's tweet. Murkowski had not seen the tweet, uh, so Sung Min showed her to her. And Mikowski's reaction was included in the post story about Tannen's nomination. A picture of Sungmun showing the tweets of Mikowski was posted on Twitter, which led to a flood of racist, sexist, and ill-informed attacks aimed at our reporter. The racist and sexist attacks uh, have been vicious and typical. She and other uh, other minority women endured vile, baseless attacks on a daily basis, no matter what story they are working on. Or tweeted about the attacks on her journalistic integrity were wildly misguided and a bad faith effort at intimidation. What she did was basic journalism. In reporting about Tannen's tweet, she asked Murkowski for a comment. Murkowski had not seen the tweet, so Sungmin showed it to her. That is standard practice. If a subject of the story is not aware of the information they are being asked to comment on, reporters share it with them. This only makes sense and is uh, the fair and responsible thing to do. No one should have to deal with. Uh, the hate that has been directed at her. She did her job, and she did it well, like she always does. We could be, right. not be prouder that she is our colleague and a reporter for the Washington Post. So that was the uh, Steve Ginberg national letter. <clears throat> so that's, you know, just like basic level, uh, you know, how you stand behind your people. Right. Right. No. Which is, of course, like not at all what I expected the Washington Post <laughs> to say. Right. I expected them to like, you know, uh, force her to put out a public apology and, you know, uh, strive to a, a higher standard in the future. And then everyone being like, what, what higher, st- what are you talking? Like, right, I expected right. them to do that, honestly. And so I was, I was surprised that such a shit rag paper actually did the right thing and, and stood with her. Right. No, I am too. Well, so here's the, here's the official white house, uh, you know, line from, from our, from our favorite, uh, new contributor to the podcast, Jen Psaki. Uh, this this is the load of bullshit that she was fed. And she actually was asked a tough question. I, I, I do have to commend, I don't know what outlets are actually asking these like questions with a left pers- like perspective, left framing at these press conferences, but they're doing a very good job. Like they've actually put her on her heels quite a few times. And that's like, it, you know, she'll always circle back to shit. Like, you know, that's her phrase, but she she typically does not know how to handle 
questions from the left like it, it, it is always interesting to watch her kind of fumble with them so this is this is uh, from uh, i think yesterday's press conference uh so this is a, bit, a little bit longer clip than we usually run are you gonna do the whole thing or did you want to like well, stop it midway and then we can comment and then continue i think you, i think we mentioned both of the things she talks about in it so we'll probably just play the whole thing and then we'll comment okay. on the yeah so let, right. me, let me uh cue this up here Parliamentarian decision. You said that he respects that decision, but progressives don't understand this. In some respect, they're like, why not fight for this? So why is the White House not more aggressively challenging that and sending the vice president to try and you know, potentially overrule that with the vote? Well, uh, the the decision for a vice the vice president to uh, vote to overrule or to take a step to overrule is not a simple decision. Uh, it would also require 50 votes. Uh, as you know, it's not a one-step decision. And the president and the vice president both respect uh, the history of the Senate. Uh, they are both formally served in the Senate, and that's not an action we intend to take. But I. The president is committed to raising the minimum wage, to working to determine the best vehicle forward to doing that. That's why he put it in the package. He wants it to be raised to $15 an hour, and he will be in touch with uh, leaders uh, from all wings of the party in determining the best path forward for that. Go ahead, Jeff. A follow-up to Jeff's question, which, which strikes me. The, the, the White House doesn't have 50 votes to confirm Neera Tandon as OMB director, and yet uh, we heard from the White House chief of staff say that the White House is going to fight their guts out, fight our guts out, was the phrase he used to get her confirmed. So why push for that and not push as hard, one could say, for raising the minimum wage? You could make the argument that the American people stand to benefit more from a higher wage than they would from a chosen OMB director. Well, I think that's mixing a few things um, kind of irresponsibly, if I'm just being totally honest. Um, I would say on the minimum wage, the president included a raise of the minimum wage in his package because he felt strongly that it's long overdue, that men and women working hard, trying to make ends meet, shouldn't be living at the poverty level. That's why he put it in his package. There is a process that go it goes through, a parliamentary process, it, when it's a reconciliation bill, as you know, but for people who haven't been following all the nitty-gritty of this, because it's a budgetary bill. Uh, that's why it went through the process. And, uh, you know, again, I would, I would send you to talk to leaders in Congress to see if they have the 50 votes necessary. But regardless, the president, the vice president, have made the decision they're not going to move forward uh, with that step. But also, it's not a simple process. It requires two steps. As it relates to Neera Tandon, she is somebody who has decades of experience. Uh, she is qualified. She is uh, prepared to lead the budget uh, team. And uh, we're continuing, of course, to fight for the confirmation of, uh, of every nominee uh, that the president puts forward. We'll see if we have 50 votes. That's part of the journey. That's part of democracy in action. Oh, man, what a fucking bullshitter. So, she, okay, so she lies about a few things there. Uh, it is completely untrue that you need 50 votes to uh, she, she she really just did careful wording with the way she phrased it. But she's like, well, of course, you know, you need 50 to, regarding to the $15 minimum wage. No, you fucking don't. The vice president has unilateral ability to overrule the par parliamentarian. The the quote unquote ruling of a parliamentarian is simply a recommendation. It is not a binding ruling. It is not. Um, you know, like you said, they fought, they literally fired a parliamentarian, but you actually don't even need to do that. You could just have the vice president overrule the parliamentarian, which is is written into the rules of the Senate that that's something that they can do. Um, so Kamala Harris can literally just with one vote 
overturn the you know the decision quote unquote of the parliamentarian and include the fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage in the reconciliation bill. They don't need fifty votes for that specific provision. What they need is fifty votes for the for the uh, reconciliation bill, which is the COVID relief bill in total. And even Joe Manchin himself said he's not going to hold up the relief bill even if $15 an hour minimum wage is included in that, even though he uh, opposes it because he's a fucking cunt, but he he won't hold up the whole bill because of that. So she's just fucking lying. Like you don't need, I like how she, she's always, you know, likes to quote people's resumes in explaining why they can't do anything. Right. You know, like, listen, listen, I know you think that the vice president has the, has a magic potion to just do whatever it is that you want her to do. But the fact is, she served in the Senate, and nobody knows how to get nothing done better than a former U.S. senator. Okay, right. let's be let's be clear here, people. For those of you who haven't been following the nitty gritty, uh, right? <laughs> oh, the fucking condescension It's unreal. She's so such a bullshit, I had yeah. you know been curious how she would go about lying, and it's clear that she's getting better at lying. Right? Like she's you know she's getting better at saying things that she knows are bullshit uh, with a comfortable and condescending tone, right? So she's she's definitely um, you know getting ready, she's acclimating learning <clears throat> learning quickly how to how to be a, a better terrible person right um, and then on Tannen too like the, this this line they always say she's qualified she's so she's no one's ever been more qualified as Nera Tannen Hillary Clinton was qualified the most qualified candidate in the history of the United States. they said that about her constantly about Hillary you, you know who's qualified to do the job of literally like just picking a button on a control board and pushing it and whatever happens is just like what we all have to live with is like literally anybody right anybody is qualified to to do these things they don't even fucking I, like you think that near tannin is like sitting there with like a calculator like running the numbers and trying to like no everyone else does that shit for her She's no just hey Citibank, what do you want me to do with this ethics waiver hey you know blah blah blah. what do you want me to do you know <laughs> right that's that's exactly the fucking qualification that she has because she has no actual qualification in terms of handling a budget or anything of that nature she just knows uh it's saying that she knows she just has zero ethics whatsoever she is willing to uh, take money from the worst fucking actors in the world. Um, you know, we, we talked about the fucking horrible corporations, the fucking oil and gas companies, the fucking, uh, you know, world leaders from oppressive, horrible regimes in Israel and Saudi Arabia and every fucking um, scum of the earth uh, individual you can think of. Uh, she took money from them and funneled it through cap into the Democratic Party. That is literally her function. So that's what they want her to do now on a um uh, on a higher level you know in, in actually in the white house they want her to just be able to do shit like that so that's why they're fighting like hell to get her uh passed and they never wanted to get the 15 an hour minimum wage passed, which is why they're doing everything in their power to you know blame it on other people when they get their desired result which is the 15 minimum wage gets yanked out of the bill now i, I do briefly want to actually mention about the 15 minimum wage that bernie you know uh, who actually wants to pass $15 minimum wage and has been talking about it for the last six years. Um, as the uh, as the uh, chairman of the budget committee and as the amendment king, as he's known, because he's passed the most amendments of anyone in Congress uh, in his congressional history, came out yesterday and said he is going to force a vote 
on the $15 minimum wage as an amendment to the budget reconciliation bill because he, you know, he doesn't he doesn't agree with the parliamentarian that you can't put it in the bill. So he's going to put it up for an amendment and he's going to force everyone to give an up or down vote on it. So <laughs> literally the entire point of what we were talking about, about, you know, AOC and the squad in the house, not wanting to get their colleagues on the record about voting for a very popular policy uh, so that you can use that vote against them to replace them. If they decide not to go with it, um, Bernie is fucking actually doing the right thing and forcing the vote on this fucking $15 minimum wage. And he's going to force Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema and all the other Democrats to actually, you know, vote up or down on it. Because if it gets 50 votes, which it fucking can, since, again, the Democrats have a majority in every fucking, uh, you know, every uh, chamber, the ha- every, you know, the House, the Senate and the White House, uh, it can get put in the bill. Now I, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to so go. So, what do you, what do you think is going to happen if it, it is a fifty fifty split, and then Kamala's forced to actually weigh in? Because you know that she doesn't want to. <laughs> oh, you know fuck, that she wants. They dreading it. Yeah, yeah. So she's going to basically come. They're going to have to come up with like another fucking you know genie in a magic lamp reason for why she can't do it. And, oh, it wouldn't. We found this uh, something in the tax code from eighteen twelve that right. prohibits the you know the fundamental. Man, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think Manchin will let it go through. I think he'll just vote no to stop it initially. Anyway, I, yeah, well. I, I'm actually unsure because I saw some chatter that because it's an amendment, it needs 60 votes. I, I'm not sure about that, uh, to be honest. So I, you know, we'll find out, I guess, later. But, but even if it, even if it does, and obviously you're never going to get 60 votes for it. The whole point of forcing a vote on a subject like that is to get your shitty colleagues on the record uh, voting against something that's broadly popular to the American people so that you can then use that to get rid of them and replace them with better people. That's literally mm-hmm. the entire point of force the vote. Um, so I'm really glad that Bernie is using that and, and harnessing that. Yeah. Speaking of getting better people, um, it, how many days has it been since Biden bombed Syria? Oh yeah, no, that we haven't talked. To, we that that was in between our our podcast. I fucking so much bullshit with the horse trading around this COVID bill that we forgot about. Uh, Joe Biden illegally, without congressional approval, bombing a sovereign country uh, yeah. who are not. And, at and war you know with. who has not tweeted one single thing about us bombing Syria since we bombed Syria he is AOC, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. People were retweeting her condemnation of the Trump administration bombing Syria Doing in two thousand eight. Exact same thing. It, and just it, it total silence from her. Um, right. Ilhan put out a pretty good statement. Uh, it was not condemnation, but it was basically saying, uh, "What is Biden's justification for this? To right. bomb a country without congressional authority?" Bernie did too. Um, yeah. This is just this is just you know more violence for the sake of violence. And I don't even know if uh, Rashida said anything about this. I haven't. I didn't look at her. People were still tweeting at her that she hasn't said anything about it. So I'm going to go ahead and assume she. You know, I didn't see anything that she tweeted. Bernie also put it out. Put out a statement that day. Like he, I think he was the first one to it, and then I know Ilhan did later. But it, it's really just fucking gross and like disappointing to see how quickly the they've just become subsumed by the fucking machine to the point where they're just they they just they're they're Democrats. They're regular you know regular fucking. Uh, big D Democrats, and they just they do whatever the fucking party asks them to do, and that if that's excuse a fucking war crime by the, by the president who just happens to be in your party, that's what you do. 
uh, you know, right. Biden bombed, a f- a f- well, killed 22 I, I, people. I guarantee the thinking right. is like, oh, well, we can't, we don't all need to condemn this. Let's just give it to the, you know, well, you, I mean, Ilhan, you're from Somalia. That's close to Syria. Like, you, that, that's good enough. You're we'll the just do that. Policy like, one. They're literally <laughs> right. on two separate continents. You just fucking, <laughs> like, let's get, just give it to the, the browner lady to talk about. Like, we don't need to have all of our squad bring this up. That's right. not, you know, it's not where we want to go. Um, but yeah, I could literally saw somebody say that, like somebody was like, well, Ilhan's from Somalia, so isn't that enough? (laughs) (laughs) On different fucking continents, you racist (sighs) fucking wine mom. Isn't that enough? Like, what does that mean? No, you, you, you either support a fucking crime, a fucking war crime or not. Like that's every single person needs to be asked how they feel about that. And the fact that they haven't all come out with their own statements is an answer in and of itself. Like, that's what the answer is. The answer is, you know, and again, this is fucking, this is a common theme with AOC. And that was, that was the biggest Achilles heel with her, um, even from far back, is that she would just defer to the fucking, the, the, the right wing fucking military, MIC uh, fueled uh, policy positions of the Democratic Party, which is just you know, and she like literally when she was asked about Venezuela, oh, I defer to leadership on Venezuela. Oh, you mean leadership like fucking Anthony Blinken, our current Democratic Secretary of State? Well, t- to be fair, that particular time she was referring to the leadership of the Progressive Caucus because they just put out a statement like earlier that day. Um, but still, like okay, but, but, you, you, yeah, but she just doesn't. Then, then quote your own statement from the progressive caucus don't just say you defer to it like they're asking you and nothing and nothing they've done is adequate on venezuela you know i mean every even the progressive caucus, like n- nobody will acknowledge that juan guaido is actually excuse me that nicolas maduro is the actual elected fucking president of venezuela they keep acting like he's this fucking murderous thuggish dictator who keeps himself in power through it like it's well, just completely you know, Anthony, baseless 40 nations agree he's not the real president which is just my favorite way of saying that uh 210 nations <laughs> right do believe he's the real president no well i mean you, you remember the pbs interview with aoc where it all took was one tiny pushback from a pbs reporter <laughs> For right. AOC to be like, what? Right. I didn't know that I can't not allow to say there's an occupation going on. Like, uh, yeah, no, you can't because that's anti-Semitism. And ever since, she's just been, you know, never wants to be caught in that moment, that deer in headlights moment, and have to actually back up right. which, things with facts. <laughs> which you would never be if you actually fucking knew or cared to know about foreign policy. And, like, if you don't, then I don't really know why you're in congress like i'm sorry you don't like if you if you don't have a strong position on these things like why are you an elected official who makes decisions that affect these policies around the world like everything you fucking do affects these things so i just don't understand how you can like you know and i get a lot of people in congress are stupid and that's not the case with her like that's you know she doesn't have that she's not louis gomert she doesn't have the excuse of like she just has a fucking low iq and is a moron and is not gonna understand she can't use that as an excuse you just refuse to to you know dive deep on those things because it's icky and it'll put you at odds with your colleagues and your party who are all fucking scum of the earth psychopaths who want to you know to be fair do you think there's many people of palestinian ethnicity that live in new york's 14th district of the bronx and queens like that's you know it's not exactly her skin consistency is it i don't know (laughs) probably not (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot i mean her fucking friend is a fucking palestinian her one of her best friends in congress is a palestinian you think maybe she could have a fucking talking to with her 
Oh God, I just yeah, it's it's just depressing because like yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, it it, it is what it is. But I do want to get to Cuomo because we got to talk about him while we're, before we get out of here. Oh, I'm gonna, I, I, yeah. you take a shower after talking about Cuomo. <laughs> just 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 the grease in his hair, fucking and just, meatball. Oh. I know. Uh, so Andrew Cuomo, I mean, you know, uh, to a nicer guy, this couldn't have happened. Uh, just. We, you know, we've we've talked about it in the past couple of weeks, and uh, finally, fucking finally, people are starting to uh, listen to all of the shit that we've all been saying about Andrew Cuomo for years, about what a scumbag he is, what a conservative he is, how vindictive and petty and fucking stupid he is, and how much he uses his power just to give himself more power and give, you know, fucking... Uh, benefits to his rich donors and how he doesn't give a shit about people and how he's you know he, he he operates with thuggish you know retribution rather than actually governing um and you know we talked i think about the nursing home scandal that came out you know uh obviously it's been in the news for a while but it really kind of took off in the last last couple of weeks because one of his aides actually came out and admitted that they hid the nursing home data from the federal government because he fucking gave favors to his nursing home uh donors the people that own these nursing homes these privately owned nursing homes uh and gave them liability uh liability shield he gave them immunity from from being you know held complicit when he just fucking funneled all these covid positive people back into these nursing homes um and you know that is the real scandal is that you know 15,000 people died in these nursing homes that didn't have to die if Andrew Cuomo wasn't in the pocket of these, you know, privately owned hospitals and these privately owned nursing homes. But what actually is, is seems like it might actually sink him is the fact that he's also a disgusting sex pest and constantly, you know, sexually harasses his fucking staffers and interns and aides. Uh, so, you know, last week, I think we had mentioned the first one that came out uh, against him. Uh, one of his former aides saying that she was sexually harassed by him constantly uh, since then, two more people have come out and accused him of sexual harassment, uh, including one who uh, was at a wedding with him, uh, and he actually like like grabbed her by the back, and then at, when she moved his uh, hand, he like grabbed her by the face and and like was like, "Oh, let me let me just kiss you" or something of that nature. Yeah, um, he wanted to make out with a girl who looks like she's. Uh maybe all of 16 or 17 years old right uh it's just it's disgusting it's you know like the the video of picture by the way of joe biden when he walks up to the woman and like puts his hand up under her chin like he would like a show dog right and she immediately like jerks away like what the fuck are you doing like it's it's that it's a similar hand gesture to that where he's got both of his hands up around her neck and her ears so she can't move away and right. it's in like a crowded room full of people is it a wedding how comfortable right. he is being a, a just just disgusting so person that he doesn't even care i wonder, if people watch him do this right i want to read the i actually want to read from the a couple paragraphs from the new york post story about it because it, it, it just the way it went down is pretty fucking gross um anna rook never met governor andrew cuomo before encountering him at a crowded new york city wedding reception in september 2019 so this is very recently uh basically the last time you're able to have a wedding (laughs) her first impression was positive enough uh the governor was working the room after toasting the newlyweds and when he came upon miss rook now 33 she thanked him for his kind words uh about her friends a little bit older than than teenager she looked young i mean he didn't know how she looks very young i'm looking at the photo right now and she's very young and and small young 
and he looks he's like at least a full head taller than her and the way he's lit oh. too and this it's not he like looks he looks like light. a demon i mean he really looks like he, a fucking yeah, he's demon. like bathed in this bright red light <laughs> like just looming over her and he's got like his his like lips are puckered like he's ready to move in on it's just it looks like he's gonna eat her thing. like he really does like it's 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 horrifying um the governor was working the room after toasting the newlyweds and when he came upon miss rook now 33 she thanked him for his kind words about her friends but what happened next instantly unsettled her miss mr cuomo put his hand on miss rook's bare lower back uh she said in an interview on monday when she removed his hand with her own Miss Rook recalled the governor remarked that she seemed aggressive and placed his and his hand on her cheeks, which is what you see in that picture. Um, he asked if he could kiss her loudly enough for a friend standing nearby to hear. Miss Rook was bewildered by this entreaty, she said, and pulled away as the governor drew closer. I was so confused and shocked and embarrassed, uh, said Miss Rook, whose recollection was corroborated by the friend, contemporaneous text messages and photographs from the event. I turned my head away and didn't have words in that moment. Um. Yeah, and so then it goes on further, but that's that. That's this the... isn't this isn't like a extended family member, you know. This isn't like a like a you know niece. This is someone he, he never met before. Right. Right. Never had met her before, and does that to her in the first couple seconds of of meeting her. Right. Right. He he got fucking loaded up. I'm sure at this wedding, and just was like, "Hey, it's a pretty girl. She's got a backless dress. Let me go grab the back of her dress, and then uh, I'm gonna try to kiss her." Like yeah, he's just a can, fucking scumbag. If you scumbag. can see a woman's skin, you're allowed to touch that. Right. Whatever part of her. That's just it's. <laughs> he's such your a hand there. Just you can such touch that. A sleazy fucking gross scumbag, and he always has been. And this is you know, and again, like that's just all of his fucking ex aides who all happen to be really young, hot, like skinny brunette women. Like that just seems to be the only people that apply for jobs with Andrew Cuomo. It's weird. Um, all come out. You know, it, it's just like, it's like the fucking Sopranos, you know, like they when they all get liquored up and they bring in the hookers, you know, right. they're all like, you know, the age of their daughters who, of course, they would never allow to go do anything like that. It's it's that kind of thing. Right. It's just you see a young woman and the only thing you can think to do is is put your hands all over right like they, they just exist worker. for andrew cuomo's sexual gratification that's what that's what his aides are there for so he has something pretty to look at when he's you know pulling health care from poor people during a pandemic that's what they're there for um he, he's a scum of the earth so you know luckily this has turned off enough people that a lot of prominent democrats in new york state are actually calling for his resignation now you know of course you can get the republicans on board um, to do it but now you have a lot of people like the working families party um you know who we've <laughs> we've had our issues with but the new york working families party is not as bad as the national working families party i will say they're mm -hmm. a little bit better um and they did and they uh they endorsed uh, cynthia nixon party did endorse cynthia nixon right yeah. right um and they really didn't want to even <clears> endorse <throat> cuomo in the general election they were like very hesitant to do that right um because they were very much against him uh, to their credit against him in the primary that they didn't even want to include him on their like like well, line item well, uh, yeah, on, their, on their ballot recommendation. line yeah he well, <laughs> and he hates their guts and has been cuz he's a vindictive cunt like i said and he's been trying to yeah. Uh, destroy them for years because they're a third party who always, you know, typically endorses the Democrat, but they try to push for better Democrats, people that aren't as shitty as Andrew Cuomo. So Liz Warren excluded. Right. Well, that, yeah, that's the now. Oh, God, that's not even going to start on that. But, but, um, but so he's been trying to destroy them for years through his legal, you know, machinations. So, uh, he, he actually literally to deny them the, the adequate amount of, of votes, like they need a certain percentage 
of votes every year to stay on the ballot. Um, so, you know, if you vote for like the Democrat, you vote on the Working Families Party line and that keeps their ballot line active. He literally created a fake party like the Women's Equality Party, which is fucking just the irony is rich um, to try to pull votes away from them. So he could therefore knock them off the ballot and destroy them as a as a quote unquote third party, even though they always, you know, support the Democrat um he he's just a he's just a fucking prick like it's it just there's no way two ways about it but so they've called for his resignation a bunch of senate uh state senate democrats have called for his resignation it actually may i mean you know and again he's not going to resign like we know the, people like this are scumbags like they will endure no. any you know but they can impeach him i mean they you know they would need a lot of votes but i think they could get all the republicans on board um well, it's just going to be, I mean, this stuff snowballs, right? Right. Like it's, it's three, and then it'll be four, and then it's going to be seven. <laughs> right. I don't think he stopped at, like, two two of his aides and one woman at a wedding. I'm sure that those are not the only people that Andrew Cuomo has sexually harassed in his life. Like, No. No. Yeah. Well, and just the, the fact that you've got, you know, not just this, but then the, the COVID retirement home scandal. You know, like, he, he got people killed. And then tried to cover it up. Right. You know, just, just pure Rahm Emanuel shit. Right. And once the winds start blowing in one direction, you know, look how it is for Rahm. He, he's persona non grata now. He can't get a job. Uh, I, I love that uh, when the White House put out a, a statement about Neera Tanda, they said, you know, she's so good and qualified. We're, we'll still find a way to get her into the administration somehow. It's like, like <laughs> they'll just they'll find a position that doesn't require confirmation, right. basically. Um, but still, like she deleted a thousand tweets for nothing. <laughs> she has to go back, which to, you know just killed like, her because she loves pretending... her petty little fucking tweets. Like she oh, yeah. loves them. She, it, it, like the, just the fact that she has to go back to like tucking her tail between her legs and pretending to be nice and putting on this this. <laughs> oh, like, she the, to be nice the, to Bernie's to his face. It was fucking so... right. Like to have to debase herself for the sake of civility. Right. And uh, after n- still not getting the job. That they thought that she, you know, was a shoe in for, um, you know, she did it all for nothing. And the thing that made her, you know, gave her a cult following, being a, a you know, petty cunt uh, to everyone possible, people who were trying to fight for a better world, she hated more than anybody. Right. Um, just all that toxicity, she could never go back to it. She can never go back to the thing <laughs> that she wants so desperately. You know, you know she wants to get on Twitter oh, right now and just so bad, right? lash out at every single person possible, and she can't. She, she's you know, gotta, she's just tweeting from her alt, her fifteen alts, I'm sure. But yeah, she can't from her actual named account. She's, you know, she's gonna have to be professional because she's gonna get named just, ambassador to fucking Paraguay or some shit, and then she'll, you know, like just. Right. <laughs> continue to be a government official but uh, yeah God, it's just it so just funny. feels so good it, does, it feels it so does. good in in the last year we've had so few i i i uh Dude. my birthday's coming up and last year on my birthday i saw bernie here in chicago um huge outdoor crowd just huge crowd and it was the last big rally uh, he did before everything damn. stopped you know yeah I, like and to, just to see bernie sanders i've seen bernie several times right but to see bernie on your birthday is a fucking treat right <laughs> let me tell you and it's also like the last time i was in a public gathering too so like that <laughs> the significance of that is just like weighing really heavy on me right now that's it'll have been a, a, a year since we had hope your anniversary we still had like, like we still had you know the ability to gather with each other you know, you could still go out to fucking 
brunch <laughs> and be, you know, sitting right next to strangers and overhear the conversations and not have to worry that they're going to, you know, kill you with their germs. <laughs> right. uh, you know, the, the, everything uh, seemed like we're going to get out of this somehow. And times. then literally nothing good has happened since until near Tandon got fucking shit canned. Right, right. Oh, dude. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, just imagine a scenario where. Like by your birthday, Andrew Cuomo has to resign, and then like Kissinger dies. Like what a fucking the the oh, celebration! God. Don't even tempt me. Don't even tempt me because I'm gonna start dreaming about that shit. <laughs> Anything less is gonna oh, be man. subpar. That's gonna be. I, I really hope that th- that we get that for our 200th episode because we're we're at what, 195 right now. Oh damn, we got we got like another, 95. another five weeks, <laughs> man. Can you imagine for our fi- the the fucking celebration we would throw? On our two hundredth episode, if we get either either or Kissinger dying or Cuomo fucking resigning in shame, I think would be just yeah. We should we kiss. should try to get like a few of our our best uh, guests, yeah. recurring guests to come on yeah, for that we episode. Should, we should, when we do that um, next week, we're going to try to have on somebody. Uh, we're going to talk about some space stuff uh, next week. We have somebody uh, tentatively booked who is an actual uh, astronomer. Works at a planetarium, uh, or at least you know that's her that's her job. She's not in the building right now because like, right. nobody's, nobody's in the building. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to talk a little bit about um, you know our current space mission. We've got a, a helicopter up on Mars now. <laughs> uh, landed a rover up there that's the size of an SUV. Um, you know, exciting stuff for me as somebody that just like loves space right. science. But also, you know, there's also people that are like, "Why well, are we spending money on Mars that we don't have that?" Like, so we we want to have somebody on who is an actual expert on right. that. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, we have that tentatively planned for next week. We're going to do uh, talking about sort of the, the ethics of space exploration and, you know, concerns about, um, you know, intergalactic colonization <laughs> and, <laughs> and what that means for us here on Earth and uh, any potential life forms we encounter. Right. So look so forward that's, to that's that. Be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Oh, another um, bit of good news I almost forgot about. Uh, yeah. I'm proud to announce that my state of Illinois is the first state in the U.S. to abolish cash bail. Oh, yeah. Right. That just happened last week. Signed into law. It was actually passed a couple weeks prior. Governor Pritzker just signed that into law. Uh, and, of course, all the police unions were you know, opposed to it. Because this is this is bullshit. <laughs> I don't understand how the how the the governor's gonna. Yeah, no, of course they're fucking it's knuckle like, draggers. You already arrested be... them. You, they're already being charged. Right. What do you care if they have to fucking pay cash bail or not? Like, well, it's just because they know that the people that can't pay it are predominantly young black right. men, right? And they stay in jail, and then the companies who own these private prisons make money, and they fucking you know that's right, right. So it's, right. Yeah. Well, and everyone says, well, if they if they don't pay money to get out of jail, then why would they return for court? Like, why would they return even if they did pay the money? Like, right. they're still getting out of jail or not getting out of jail. Why do you think bail? Like, they, like why do you think the fucking bail bondsmen and like uh, bounty hunters exist for? Because people who fucking you know skip their court dates typically are trying to avoid being put in jail for twenty years. They don't give a shit about the five thousand dollars they had to put up for a bond like that's exactly exactly and the judge can do this little thing called uh flight assessment right (laughs) which is the real thing and it turns out that you know in countries that have cash bail versus countries that are ethical and realize you know there's no such thing should exist um the rate of people who come to court is about the same (laughs) right so it's literally just like why if if you have not been found guilty of a crime and you're not a flight risk, 
you should get to go free until your day in court. Right. There's the government should have no right to detain you if you have not been committed. L- literally, been the entire adjudicated concept guilty of of innocent until proven guilty is totally fucking contradicted by the fact that you have to stay in jail until your fucking trial if you don't have you know the money to fucking bail yourself out like with a seven hundred thousand dollar bond or whatever you know like there two people were in i, I was watching the local news yet uh, yet last night and like two people were accused of like detaining this guy because they stole his car and they was in the car and they were being held on like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonds i'm like who the fuck like what it, <laughs> that's insanity like you, you it's it just yeah it the whole concept of cash bail was a total fucking uh, bullshit concept to begin with and like you said we're one of the few countries that even does that and, and the rest of the world thinks we're in fucking insane uh for doing that but it, it's a disgusting practice and it should stop and uh it's used predominantly to target lower income people for petty minor shit that, that have to stay in jail for you know fucking years because they can't afford these uh, absurd fucking terms set by these conservative fucking you know cop-oriented judges so yeah, that's great. So I wanted to do more research on this to find out about, like, I have the name of uh, some of the groups that were posted. There was a group called the Coalition to End Money Bond, uh, and I wanted to kind of find out, like, who was making up that group. I didn't have enough time to do research on it, so I, I would like to touch back on this, circle back to it, actually, uh, <laughs> at a later back. date. Because <laughs> I'm sure that, like, you know, th- because this was done through legislature, somebody will take it to court and challenge it right right and then probably go up to uh, district court and then even the supreme court so uh you know oh, hopefully <laughs> if, if that happens you know of course we have a more conservative supreme court right now but they tend to rule on the side of things that are more just over time that's just the like the way the history trends right. even if they're conservative once they get on the court they tend to rule more liberally on a lot of things um uh, you know not so much what concerns corporations but usually things like you know, just like basic principles of justice, they tend to rule on the right side of stuff. So it would be great to see, you know, if there was a legal right. challenge, suddenly this becomes the law of the land for the whole country. Um, I think that would change a lot of things. It would. I, I, I'm not super optimistic that that would go the right way in the current Supreme Court, but you never know. I mean, it, like you said, it, it, it's it's really a crapshoot with some of them, especially when it comes to things that aren't related directly to corporations but well i mean we'll see sure um well and it also comes down people don't ever really think about this it comes down also to the lawyers that are trying the cases right to convince the judges you know to put the evidence in front of them that compels a, a, a justice to go eh, eh, you made a good <laughs> argument and i can't disagree with you <laughs> you know we don't we don't give a lot of credit to uh you know the, the people that try those cases you know right. like the um uh, uh, Michigan's Attorney General uh, Dana Nessel, she wasn't one of the lawyers that actually argued for legalizing marriage equality, but she was one of the lawyers that got it to that point. Right. Right. So I'm sure whoever, whatever lawyers were arguing it in front of the Supreme <clears throat> Court used a lot of the, the case that she had built and were trying to strengthen that case even from push it further. So, you know, like we don't, we just think that it's like, hey, Supreme Court, uh, you know, what do you think about this issue? Like they, it is a case being tried in the court, and those lawyers have to make the right. Case in theory, you're supposed to rule based them. on the evidence given, and you know exactly. that doesn't always happen, but it ha- it does have to happen. It's you know eventually, occasionally, it does have to happen, where a mm-hmm. case is just so poorly made that you can't rule in favor of the side you even <clears throat> want to. You know exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. So 
I think that pretty much uh, hits everything we wanted to hit. Um, I, you know, <laughs> just I, I'm really hoping by the time we come on next week that Andrew Cuomo will have resigned, but uh, I, I'm not counting on it. They're gonna have to <laughs> fucking drag him out of there. Oh no, he's gonna, he's gonna just he's gonna seal the door with his hair grease and <laughs> blockade the fucking room. <laughs> right? Uh, did you, did you read his apology though? Oh yeah, his fucking P- oh. blanket PR statement. That by the way, his just, lawyer he retained the lawyer that uh, defended Harvey Weinstein. If that gives you any indication as <laughs> to his level of guilt, uh, he, he just doesn't understand the optics of why that looks terrible. Right. Um, his apology was just completely like, "Hey, uh, if, if any of you any whose bras was offended, then I apologize. <laughs> but offense. only if, right. only if you was offended. Right, right. It was like, I'm sorry you felt that way. There was, you know, of course it wasn't. I'm sorry for doing. By the way, his statement made him look so much more guilty. Like everyone immediately after he released his statement was like, "Oh, that motherfucker did that. Like, you know, it was just so. It was so like, uh, oh, it was just, you know." Oh, if my jokes were too offensive, I'm sorry. Like, it, it wasn't like, oh, I've never met this person. I did. It was like, oh, yeah, no, I totally he's, did it. But he's going to he's going to get shit canned and write a memoir called If I Did It. <laughs> <laughs> and then OJ is going to cut a Twitter video and be like, damn, Cuomo, <laughs> even I would. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. What was the what was the thing that OJ did that for? He did that exact thing of like somebody. Doing something terrible. It was, it was so funny. I can't remember now. Though. Of a double homicide. Right. And he was just like, damn. He was just tweeting the other day about getting a second COVID shot. So that's I'm, I'm so glad that he's protected <laughs> against against the killer virus. So maybe he tweeted under that. Oh, great. So uh, now that OJ's protected, he can resume the search for the real killers. Oh my god! If you were like the nurse had given OJ the, the vaccine, like wouldn't you just? Be compelled just to like put a little air bubble in that right, syringe come on. and just get like, that into his fucking <laughs> arteries. Some somewhere. justice has to be served. This man's fucking gonna gonna live to a ripe age of a hundred and fucking you know die in his nice little Florida condo. Oh, <laughs> uh, prick! God. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we're gonna get out of here. But uh, you know, if you want to help the show out, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash move left uh facebook.com slash move left idiots uh we have a patreon at patreon.com slash move left merch available at tinyurl.com slash move left merch i am on twitter at move underscore left the show is on twitter at move underscore left (coughs) sorry i swallowed a bug um and i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah we'll see you next week
sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now?